You're listening to Talking Liberties with the ACLU of Illinois. Here's your host, Ed Yonka, Director of Communications and Public Policy. Thanks, Max, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. With just a few short weeks until Election Day, the issue of how votes will be cast and how they will be counted is taking center stage. In states across the country, lawsuits are working their way through the court, still trying to determine how the electoral process will work this year. In fact, the ACLU's National Voting Rights Project is currently involved in more than 25 lawsuits, most aimed at expanding access to voting by mail or challenging voter suppression methods in various states. In Illinois, over the past several years, the state has adopted many steps that are meant to expand access to the ballot. Early voting is now a standard feature of elections. Election day registration is available all across the state. As we will discuss, those with a criminal record who have served their time are know that they are able to vote. And the state is implementing automatic voter registration, which help folks get prepared and plan to vote themselves. Illinois voters are already casting ballots in the 2020 election, all while trying to keep themselves safe during a pandemic. Residents can still continue to register through election day, and any eligible voter can request a mail-in ballot. Let me underscore that point. Any eligible voter can request a mail-in ballot for any reason here in Illinois. We want to talk about these issues today. Our first guest today is Matt Dietrich, the Public Information Officer for the Illinois State Board of Elections. Matt, thank you for joining us today on Talking Liberties. Oh, thank you, Ed. Good to be here. So because of the pandemic, Illinois made a number of changes to the voting process for the election. And I wonder just if you could describe for you what you think are the most important of those changes. Number one, the biggest one has to do with voting by mail. The bill that was passed last spring and signed into law in June required that every voter who had voted in any of the last three statewide elections in Illinois would be sent by their local election authority an application for a vote by mail ballot. In fact, the bill specified that they had to mail those applications to any address they had on file for a voter. So the intent here was make sure voters don't have any trouble getting an application for a vote by mail ballot. That came in part because of what we saw in March when the pandemic just roared from nothing in the space of about 10 days to an absolute crisis right before our primary, which was on March 17th. People didn't know where to go to get their mail ballot. The deadline was five days before the election, so you had until March 12th, but a lot of people didn't know that. Uh, They weren't familiar with the process. So that was probably the biggest thing. So 6.4 million applications went out over the summer, had to be out by August 1st. Uh, We've already seen that we're we're over 2 million that have been actually returned, where 2 million voters have requested vote-by-mail ballots, and there's still plenty of time for more. We keep getting more every day. So I'm not going to be surprised if we have 2.5 million or more votes cast by mail in this election. So 
that was the biggest thing was vote by mail. And that was the, the push and promotion for it were, and there were little details inside that, like uh, it's, there's more options for a voter if they forget to sign it, or if there's an issue with their signature, when it arrives, when they mail it back, they can, uh, they can uh, contact their election authority, give a statement that yes, it is genuine. So that process is easier. And so they get an opportunity to cure that if there's a problem with that when they yep. submit it. Yep. And they can cure a signature problem all the way up until November 17th, two days after, two weeks after the after election day. So those were, oh, and you can also, special for this election only, um, about half of our 108 election authorities in Illinois are going to provide secure drop boxes for voters to put their ballots in if they don't want to mail them. Uh, or if they're, let's say you're waiting, you wait till the very last minute, it's election day, you have up until 7 p.m. to put your ballot into the drop box of your county or your board of election. So that those were the, the highlights for vote by mail. So the most vote by mail we've ever seen, it was just two years ago, actually, it was 430,000 votes were cast by mail. That was a little over 9% of the total. This year, we will almost surely have at least 2 million votes cast by mail, which if turnout is typical, if the pandemic doesn't drive turnout down, that'd be about a third, be about 33% of our votes cast by mail, which is, would be triple the, by percentage and five times the number. You mentioned a couple of things in there, and I, I just want to follow up. The election authorities have drop box locations for those people who are concerned. We did an episode earlier about the problems with the postal service. And so, you know, if people are concerned about that and they want to use this drop box, they want to know their ballot gets in. How do they find out where that is? You can come to our website, elections.il.gov. We have, there's a tab on the landing page on the left side called information for voters. Or if you're looking on your phone, it's just tap the uh, the menu and you'll see information for voters. Go there. We are keeping track of all of the Dropbox locations. You can also find out if you're interested in voting early in person on that in that area. We give all of the hours and locations for early voting. So the other thing that you made make a mention of those numbers and a third of the ballots coming in through the mail and, and talking about early voting. Do you have a sense yet, will, will most of the votes in Illinois be recorded or be in place before Election Day on November 3rd? Is that your sense of it? The only thing that we have to go on is if you look at past elections, if we look at, let's say, the, past, the last presidential election, because we usually like to compare presidential to presidential, 75% of the requested vote-by-mail ballots had been returned by the day after election day, they were accounted for. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of an educated guess would be to say that we'll have 75% of that vote that would be included with the election night unofficial returns. It really is dependent on voter behavior. In Illinois, election authorities are allowed to process those ballots as soon as they receive them. So they receive the envelope. There will be a panel of three election judges working in the election authority office going through, they will verify the signature, 
and then once that's okay, they will then separate the ballot from the envelope. And once they see that the ballot's intact, they feed it through the tabulator. The only thing they cannot do before the close of polls on election night is generate any vote totals. So the more voters who get those ballots back in before election day, the more that will be processed and ready to go when they, you know, 7 p.m. strikes, they flip a switch and they boom, they've got all those totals. It's the exact same way that early voting is totaled up on election night. And that's why you see polls close at 7 p.m. And then by, you know, 7.04, the AP is making predictions in races. And that's one of the reasons why they could do that is because they instantly have the early vote totals and whatever portion of the mail totals are in. Uh, and they can extrapolate a lot from that. So we're hopeful and we're trying to get the message out to people. If you plan on voting by mail, once you get that ballot, mark it and get it back in. That's also helpful to the voter because if there is any problem, your election authority is required to notify you within two days so that you can rectify it. If it, you know, if it's a signature thing, that's pretty easy to take care of. If it's a matter of a uh, an envelope that a ballot that arrives with the envelope improperly sealed or opened, then they will have time to send you a new vote by mail ballot. Uh, if it's too close, you may they may give you the option that if there's enough in the early voting, you can go out and early vote or on election day. But one of the reasons why we're trying to get people to get those ballots back in early protect and to do you. it as early as possible. Yeah. Can I can I probe a little bit about the process with the, the three election judges and looking at that? I think we've all read the data from across the country of mail in ballots being rejected um, in the primaries at a, at a higher rate. What is that process with the judges uh, like? And, and, and again, I wonder if you could just underscore that fact that if there's a problem there with the signature, that people kind of get a second bite at that apple. They do. The uh, three election judges have to be a mix from both parties, by the way, too. You can't have just three judges of the same party. Uh, this year, under the current law, just for this election, in order to reject a signature, it takes a unanimous vote by those three judges. So they all three have to believe there's a problem with the signature before they can reject it uh, due to to the signature. Uh, and then beyond that, the, there are, you know, the other common problem with the ballot is that if it's not, if it comes and it's either not properly sealed by the voter or it somehow has been opened in the mail process or damaged, um, then they have the option, they can remake a damaged ballot without having to have the voter go through voting again. Uh, but again, that's, all three judges witness that process so that there's no, you know, there can be no manipulation. No question so, about that. Right, right. Um, but those are the, the two most likely scenarios, signature problem, unopened or damaged ballot. So you're talking about, you know, two million requests already. There are ballots being returned. Early voting has begun as we're talking here this afternoon. Are you hearing of any problems around the state? Is there anything that you're you guys are getting thus far that's causing you any concern? No. Uh, the, here's what we did hear, though, on the very first day 
of early voting, which was on September 24th, the Illinois Department of Public Health put out guidelines, COVID guidelines for all polling places. They're specific to polling places. And uh, it's all the kinds of things that you would expect. Um, you know, if you're handing out pens, they sanitize the pens. Anything voters touch gets sanitized, all this kind of thing. Judges wearing masks. Voters should wear masks, but no voter is going to be denied uh, ballot access if that voter refuses to wear a mask. There's a whole section of the guidance for what are called non-compliant voters. Basically, it says create an area in the polling place away from other voters, distanced from election judges where non-compliant voters who refuse to wear a mask can vote at distance. The whole, the whole transaction of them stating their name to the judge, the judge allowing them to sign their application, the judge taking the application, verifying the see all that stuff is done at distance for a non-compliant voter. We heard about a couple of those on the very first day of, of early voting. Um, you know, we're preaching, and I think all the local election authorities are as well. Voters, be considerate. You know, we're not going to make this a legal thing where we deny you your right to vote, but Think about those poll workers. These are volunteers. Yeah, they do get paid. It's a nominal amount, $230 for election judges in Chicago. You go around the state, they're making $150 to $200 for pretty long day's work. They're making it possible for you to vote in person. Have you know the consideration to put on a mask when you're in their presence. Um, but we know that some voters aren't going to do that. The other thing that we, the only, I wouldn't even consider this a problem, but we did have this issue. Uh, September 24th was the first day of early voting. It was also the first day that election authorities could mail out vote-by-mail ballots. And in quite a few places, you had very eager voters who had applied for vote-by-mail ballots that were mailed that day. And they also showed up right when the early voting site opened so because they wanted to vote that day. And it's not a problem, but it does necessitate some paperwork. If you go in and the election judge will know there will be a note in the poll book by your name that says you requested and were sent a ballot. They'll ask you, did you receive your ballot? If you haven't, say no. You sign an affidavit to that effect. You're given an in-person ballot. And you can vote as normal. Your vote-by-mail ballot is voided then, so it, it can't be voted at that point. Uh, but you have to destroy it or discard it. Do not, if you're in that situation and you vote in person, you sign the affidavit during early voting, and then your ballot shows up, your mail ballot, do not sign it and, and send it in. I don't know how many times I've seen people on social media with these grand scenarios for holding on to their mail ballot and going in. It is not going to work. It, the mail ballot is voided as soon as you vote in person. And if you sign it and send it in, that's vote fraud, right? That is a class three felony. And you put your signature both on an affidavit in the polling place and on your ballot. So you're handing evidence to the, to the state's attorney if they want to prosecute. And I, I have reason to believe they will be looking for those that kind of mischief. That actually raises another point I wanted to ask about, because because it is a question we've heard from from voters. I apply for my vote by mail ballot. It comes to me, 
But then I see that the early voting site is is open down the street. And man, I really love that idea of yeah. going in and voting like that. And I think it's safe because I can go I can go during early voting when I can socially distance and et cetera. I can still do that, right? Yeah, take your ballot with you. You surrender your ballot, you'll get a regular vote in person ballot. Um, you can do that on election day too. Right. Um, the, 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 the affidavit for people who haven't received their ballots yet, traditionally you find that being used on the day before the election in a, a, or on the day of the election where people have applied late in the process and they're really nervous that their ballot hasn't reached them yet and they know they're going to be, they won't be around on election day and they want to make sure they get that vote cast or on election day, they want to make sure they don't lose their votes. Typically that's when it's used. But, you know, this year, if you apply for a vote by mail ballot this week, and then suddenly you find yourself at an early voting location and see that it's not crowded and you haven't gotten it yet, just tell them I I applied, I haven't gotten it. Is it the same, Matt, if you lose your ballot or if you misplace it somewhere in your home? That's a little bit different because then you have to cast a provisional ballot. If you go in and tell them, well, I, it was delivered, but I, it's still at home, you're going to have to cast a provisional ballot. And that provisional ballot's not going to be counted until November 17th when all of the vote-by-mail ballots are processed and yours is not among them. So if you're in that situation and if you have, if you can, what, go back home, get the ballot, and turn it in. Then you can vote instantly and know that your vote is counted. Those vote-by-mail ballots uh, or provisional ballots, you can always track that. If you have to cast a provisional ballot, you can track the status of it. Um, but I think most voters would like to avoid that if they if they can. So the provisional, but a provisional ballot would still be counted then in that November 17th run it's just a matter of having to wait till then to ensure that it is. Exactly. Yep. And the voter can just to underscore again that point you make that the the voter can continue to track it throughout that process. Right. And a lot of jurisdictions uh, have on their website a place where you can track that provisional ballot. I think people when they see headlines from other states or they see what the ACLU is doing in other states worry a lot about voter disenfranchisement and voter suppression and, you know, or voter intimidation. Do you see signs of any of those issues here in the state of Illinois? I am always, whenever I see news out of Georgia, for one, right. um, I count my blessings that I have the job at this agency and not at Georgia's state election agency. Because Illinois is extremely voter friendly. Up and down our election code, um, we have, for example, you can register to vote on election day. You, even if you don't have the right ID with you on election day, you can cast a provisional ballot and you've got time to get it back in there. Uh, voter registration in Illinois never closes before an election. It goes right up to and on election day. We if you're talking about vote by mail, you have up to two weeks. Just get it postmarked by the right, you know, by election day. It can arrive two weeks afterwards, and it'll be counted. Uh, we are not a voter ID state. When you vote, your signature is your ID. Lots of different ways that Illinois is very 
voter friendly. We typically do not get reports on election days about incidents of voters being turned away. One thing that happened that, that was a mistake was in one of the counties on the first day of early voting, voters who had requested vote by mail ballots showed up to vote and the election judges, for whatever reason, said that they were going to have to cast provisional ballots. Now, this got back to us and we gave some instruction to the election authority. Yeah. But that is, you know, technically that is voter suppression because it would, if you turn that person away uh, or if you make them cast a provisional ballot, if, they, if that idea turns them off and they don't come back, then technically they've lost their vote. But that's almost a stretch to call that suppression. Uh, we don't make voters jump through a lot of hoops. Like you, you look at Wisconsin had this problem where uh, a lot of people in the primary couldn't vote by mail because they needed to get a witness to witness it. Um, that kind of, we don't have that in Illinois. Just just one thing in the, in when you mentioned about the um, election day registration, you know, in Cook County and many of the larger counties, obviously there's lots of places to do that. But in a place like Iroquois County, when I grew up, it, could it well be that you might have to go to the county clerk's office or to some central location in order to do that? You can do it um, anywhere you vote. It's at your polling place. Okay. So it's at, it's at your precinct polling okay. place. Okay. For this election, the uh, we will have every jurisdiction has one location where a voter can vote no matter where they live. Right. So... Um, there's not even going to be an issue of a voter arriving at what they think is their polling place and learning that, I, I don't know where, you know, I, you're in the wrong place. You got to go here. It's way across town. There will be a central location. And I believe in the city of Chicago, they're leaving all those, all of, all of their uh, early voting sites open um, on election day. So as we, as we come to a close, what, what other you know, you're going to have a very busy few weeks in front of you, but what's your real message to voters across Illinois to, to kind of get through this election season? The message now is I want, I, I want to let voters know that despite all this talking that we've done about voting by mail and uh, what if this happens and what if that happens and you could be this and, and all this other stuff, don't be intimidated. Vote. The process is pretty much the same as it's always been. We've always had vote by mail. We're just pushing it really hard this year so that people can have the opportunity, if they want, to not expose themselves potentially in a to COVID in a in a polling place. Um, but if you decide to vote in person during early voting, it's going to be basically the same as what you've seen before, Other, except that you'll have distance between the voters. You will have people wearing masks. You'll have sanitation supplies. Same thing on election day. All of those polling places will be following Department of Public Health guidelines. I want people to vote. That's the, the main thing is no matter how you do it, if you like election day voting, do it then. But we want people to plan their vote this time. And if you're going to vote by mail, get your application for that ballot in now and then plan to vote it as soon as you get it. If you're going to vote early, uh, try to do that in the earlier part, like what we're in now, the earlier part of our 40-day early voting period where crowds are lower. And um, 
perhaps go in at an off-peak time, like mid-morning, mid-afternoon. If you're going to vote on election day, plan to go, if you can, at mid-morning or mid-afternoon and avoid the pre-work rush that we always see and that 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. rush that we always see. Lunch hour can also get pretty crowded. So whatever you're doing, just think about how you're, you're, you plan to do it to help out the the poll workers who are going to be there and be considerate of your fellow voters. Um, but don't be intimidated by all this talk you're hearing. We've been voting by mail in Illinois without any excuse since the 2010 election cycle. The act of voting by mail is the same. You know, the, the envelope is going to look the same if you've done it before. The ballot's going to look the same. Don't be intimidated. And if you have Just any follow questions, the instructions inside the ballot. Yes. Yep, and don't use a Sharpie on your ballot. Use a ballpoint pen, a black one. Preferably. That's actually Some say blue a, or black. That's a really good. That's a good point. It's a great point to end on. And so, you know, Matt, we wish you guys luck over the next few weeks, and um, uh, we just hope everyone gets out and votes. I do too, and then Ed, I really appreciate the chance to talk to you here. Thanks. Now we are joined by Michelle Hernandez, an advocacy associate at the ACLU of Illinois. Michelle, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ed. We just talked to Matt Dietrich from the State Board of Elections about a variety of mechanics related to this election, voting by mail, voting early, voting on election day. And I want to start with an issue that we didn't cover with Matt. Um, and I, I wonder if we can talk about access to the ballot for people who have a criminal record and, and just talk a little bit about what is the state of the law in Illinois? Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, as you know, or as folks who are listening may know, the ACLU worked in coalition with community partners to help pass the voting in jails law last legislative session. And so what this means is that folks who are incarcerated can still vote if they are awaiting trial in Illinois jails. Uh, and now jails are actually required to give them access to those voting rights. So in most places, that means that they are required to register people to vote if they are interested in, in being registered. And then they're also required to allow them to cast their ballot by mail. Um, and then the other thing that was really important about the voting in jails law is that it gives people who are leaving the Illinois Department of Corrections information about voting rights for people who have a criminal record. So in Illinois, if you have a criminal record, you can still vote. And that is a message that we have been trying to spread as far as and as wide as we possibly can, that if you've, you know, been arrested, if you've been if you've been incarcerated, if you have served time in prison, you can still vote as long as you've already served time on your conviction. Um, and so the only thing to note is that if you did serve time on a conviction and you were registered to vote before your sentence, um, then you will have to re-register to vote. But other than that, your voting rights are completely restored and um, are accessible just like they, they would be for any other voter. And so that those individuals can follow the same process that anyone else does to register. They could go on election day. They could go for early voting. They could vote. They can register wherever it's possible to register and just re-register and then they'll be able to vote again. Yes, absolutely. And I, I know that one of the things I've seen in this 
actually participating in the system for people who've been in the criminal justice system, it turns out is really important. Yes, I think that, um, and I know that we'll, we'll touch on this later, but so many uh, important decisions are made by elected officials um, that that really directly impact people with criminal records or anyone who is impacted by the criminal legal system. And it's really important for these folks to have a voice and say, you know, whether or not you support a certain judge or a certain prosecutor. Um, and, and we do want people to know that everyone's vote is extremely important, uh, regardless of what your criminal background may be. I, I want to, and we will come back to that. I, I wanted to just talk for a second about mail-in voting is starting, early voting is starting, people are registering, people are really beginning to focus now on the elections. I wonder what you're hearing in terms of issues, problems, concerns that people have uh, about the electoral process for November. And so a lot of the questions are sort of around voting by mail, whether or not it's secure, whether or not it will get to uh, the election authorities on time. Um, we do want to let people know that there is a 14-day period after election day in which your vote will be counted as long as it has been postmarked by November 3rd. So it's super important to get your ballot in the mail by November 3rd at the latest. We are recommending people get it in beforehand um, just to be safe. Those are the main questions. We have a lot more resources on our website um, about voting by mail and, and voting rights generally. So there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of attention on the presidential race, obviously. But from the perspective of the ACLU and civil liberties, there is there are a lot of other races that matter, right? Yes, and actually, I would I would say that every every race on the ballot matters because every single race has an impact on your life, and I think the more local, the bigger the impact tends to be. Um, but as I mentioned before, there are also a lot of judicial races, right? And so this summer, we're seeing an increased interest in reforming the criminal legal system and um, policing, and so the judicial races are extremely important because when someone is prosecuted, the judge has has an incredible amount of power um, as to what happens to that individual. So if you know that there's a judge that you have not historically agreed with their rulings, um, you are able to vote them out of, you know, of office if, if they are on the ballot. And there are a lot of, uh, you know, we are nonpartisan, and so we don't give recommendations on candidates, but there are a lot of organizations um, that do that. And there are a lot of organizations, um, bar associations especially, that Put out a list of judicial candidates and whether or not they are qualified to serve. And reading through those evaluations and planning on those votes really is critical for preparing to, whether if you're going in person or by mail, to really be ready to, to cast the ba that ballot. Yes, and you can, another thing to note is that if you are voting in person, you can bring those materials with you when you vote, so you don't have to memorize every single person on your ballot. Well, that's good, because that list is always too long for me to remember which ones <laughs> I want to vote no on, so that's actually incredibly helpful. So, Michelle, as we close here, what would you say your message is to voters as they think about, you know, this election season that we're, we're really headed into the teeth of? I would say to vote, vote early if you can, um, and then just remember that 
up until election day, up until the polls are closed, you do have an opportunity to vote. Um, and it just is a matter of figuring out what works best for you. We have a lot of information on our website. We encourage folks to make a, a voting plan so that they can ensure that they, uh, they know what steps to follow in order to get their voice heard this November. Well, thank you, Michelle, so much for joining us today and for sharing that information. Thanks for having me. I hope you'll come back and join us sometime. If you have any other questions about voting in 2020, go to our website at www.aclu-il.org slash 2020 election for detailed information about registering, voting early, voting in person on election day, and voting by mail during this election season. Thank you for listening to Talking Liberties with the ACLU of Illinois. This program is produced by Max Bever. Our content supervisor is Kimberly Kozeel. Our executive director is Colleen Connell. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and rate us. You can send us an email directly at talkingliberties, all one word, at aclu-il.org. Until next time, when we will know the results of the 2020 election, this is Talking Liberties with the ACLU of Illinois, and we'll see you soon.